Hey there, folks. You are listening to Always Be Watching. This is our podcast where we discuss... Wait for it. What we've been watching. Oh, Chris, you just ruined it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Okay. Well, anyway, my name's Dan. Uh, my name's Chris. And we talk about what we've been watching. Chris, we've known each other for a while. 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> Friendship. It's only about this. We've uh, got nothing else happening. We've got nothing else in our lives, uh, yeah. except for the things we watch on television and we like to talk to each other about them. Yeah. We have side things away. Yes, yes, nothing, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. we don't share a lot of interests other than all the things we watch, which is a good percentage of the time that we spend on the earth, so. And in, like, you've got music and kids and a family, I've got sure. Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I mean, all, pretty much all we do is watch television anyway, so we're pretty integral to each other's lives, if you think yeah. about it. Although I'll confess, most of my Ben and Jerry's consumption is, well, watching the television. <laughs> Chris Yates, I want to kick things off with a little question for you. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching? I'm so glad you asked, Dan, because I've got a special one up my sleeve for you. Um, <laughs> what do you got? I have been watching the Trailer Park Boys animated series. Hey, if we're cartoon, we could be like Bugs Bunny and run through walls and shit. Oh my fuck, that might be the stupidest thing you've ever fucking done. What are you going to do next? Draw a tunnel on the wall like Wildy the fucking Coyote? No, we can't do that. A big fucking truck will drive through and run us over. Boys, fucking listen to yourselves. Listen to what you're talking about. We're seriously fucked up here. We need to go to a hospital. We need help. Bucks, would you calm the fuck down? You calm, you down, calm down. down. Just relax, okay? Relax. Yeah, man. Listen, this jail cell is the perfect place for us to ride whatever the fuck this is out. I know you're a huge fan of the live-action Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, I am. When I saw this animated film, I'm like, Chris Yates is all over this. It's really funny. I was talking... Uh, and is it a film or a series? It's a series. So, I regularly get people ask me um, what they should watch. Yeah. And I always generally say, have you seen the Trailer Park Boys from Series 3? <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I've always started Season 1. Yes. Yeah, That's a mistake. It's a mistake. It gets much, much better. Um, okay, so sell me on Trailer Park Boys because no one has effectively done that yet. All right. Well, you know, you've got these three, the three comedians that are in the show. Canadian. Canadian comedians. Um, and the show uh, is written and directed by another person. This often results in good television, I think, just, mm. for, just for starters. Having a director. Um, yes, but having an... an, an it's, it's almost auto-driven by that director. And then with the inclusion of these excellent comedians, uh, it works very well as an ensemble kind of thing. I feel the ghost of Workaholics is weighing over this one. Yeah, t- yeah, totally. Well, I think it probably does have a lot of the same things that work like that. Um, well, I'm just thinking the same thing. Three comedic yeah, performers totally. and writers and then a director. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's part of the team, but not... But, in you mm. know, it's essential to it. It's, you know, uh, I think it's hard to get into it's it can be accused of punching down it's making funds to a somewhat degree of people who live in a trailer park but i think once you kind of get past that which happens pretty early on in the series um in the in the seasons um at least by season three then uh you really start to appreciate the performances and the writing and it's just it's very very good now, I'm someone of whom has criticised Kath and Kim quite heavily for the way that it punches down to what we're talking about as like the yeah, yeah. culture in Australia. But for some reason, I don't really mind when people attack people in trailer parks. <laughs> well, that's what does own, that say about me? Yeah, that's your own biases at play. Um, and that's fine. But uh, <laughs> this is... And it's also... I mean, Chris it's, Yates, moving on. It's very... You know, it's foreign. It's very... Uh, it's not really... I don't think we really have the, that culture the same way in Australia. So it's a very... And I don't even think... In, I think it's different to the American idea of trailer parks as well. And stuff. Very much so. Trailer parks in Australia, I think, tend to skew more towards just older people of whom don't have the finances to maintain a regular Totally. House. And it's like a regular kind of lifestyle. Yeah. I, I think it's like a retired thing. Definitely. I mean, 
mean, there there's is a, a sense of community around it as well. Yeah, yeah, and and a holiday thing. You know, it's a very very much a holiday thing here is going to the Caribbean parks. Yeah. But anyway, the animated series. So I only discovered this because I was someone asked me a really ridiculous question about maybe it was you know what was the episode with Snoop Dogg in it. So I was trying to like research and figure that out on the Wikipedia, and this was about a week before the animated series. Um, launched on Netflix and, and so this is very interesting too uh, the way that it was talked about because you know Netflix don't give a lot of details out about this stuff um, before they go to air a lot of the times so the way it was actually pitched in this um, or the person that at least that had updated the Wikipedia had assumed that it was going to be this, the 13th season of the Trailer Park Boys which started on an American network and then moved to Netflix for the last three seasons or something like that was it going to just be the 13th series but it was going to be animated which I thought was an incredible idea. So when it actually kicked off and it was not billed as such and it was actually billed as Trailer Park Boys, the animated series, I was a bit disappointed. And then when I watched the first episode, there was a ridiculous setup where uh, it starts in jail, as, as most of the seasons do, having landed in jail at the end of the previous season, um, is generally the story arc. And they made a lot of references to self-references to how they were in a cartoon. So I think the, the shtick was that they'd taken more mushrooms than anyone had ever had before and had yeah. gotten so high that they were now in a cartoon. And I thought it was going to be this... I, I I was worried that it was going to constantly self-reference that, but it but it just ditched it really quickly. And for the most part, the rest of the season is just like the thirteenth season of the Trailer Park Boys. Um, so it's a little bit more ridiculous. It's not quite King of the Hill in its realism, um, but it. Uh, so they kind of do stuff that you wouldn't be able to do, I guess, in a regular show like there's a flood at one point and one of the trailers floats away and into the ocean and they have a little ocean adventure some <laughs> some things like that kind of happen but for the most part it's pretty um it's pretty uh true to the story and to the ongoing character arcs of the people now for someone of whom hasn't watched season three onwards of trailer park boys should I go back and watch live action first or should Definitely. I start with animated? I don't think you should start with the animated thing. I don't know. Maybe it'll give you a whole different insight to it. But it's kind of thing. I, I could recommend to you what the way that I actually got into it was mm. after the initial run of the TV series, um, they made a couple of movies. One, Well, you know, straight to TV specials kind of thing. The second one is called Countdown to Liquor Day. And it was, um, <laughs> yeah. it is amazing. So that was the, and it's because uh, it sort of arcs over the uh, 90 minutes as a film and it's and it focuses on Jim Leahy who is the trailer park the boss of the trailer hut park the ex-cop who's always causing trouble for the boys but is actually you know he's kind of the heart and soul of the whole show John Dunsworth who passed away in 2017 I think at the end of 2017 or um, maybe a little maybe it was a little bit after that he's the central character in the film and I think that's why it's so good I haven't watched it since I've watched the series again but I would definitely recommend that as a place to start. His character has been resurrected. Well, he—I don't think he actually died in the TV series because it happened after uh, the end of season twelve. But um, they've clearly used—he's in the animated series. They've clearly used cut together bits of lying around the the floor audio, or it could even be audio from previous episodes for him to appear as a sort of uh, a, a ghost from a bottle of alcohol. Um, but so, no, yeah. don't, start with the, don't start with the animated series. But if you're a fan of the show, you will love the animated series. It was very good. I mean, some of it was really terrible, but most of it, it's really good. Okay, I will <laughs> consider giving this a look. <laughs> Just consider getting into the trailer park, boys. Like, and I mean, you know, they're not... And it, it, it is a bit hit and miss. It's always a bit hit and miss. Some of the, some of the seasons are much, much better than the others. But when, it's, when it hits, it's amazing. And I think... Um, 
yeah, it's it's sort of testament to it's one of those things where it's like it's almost like a band, you know, when all of the players are playing at the right time and all of the characters are really on and the writing's really good, it really works magically. Okay, I will give that a look. That is streaming on Netflix right now. Sure is. Start Trailer Park with, Boys. Trailer Park Boys, start with season three live action and yep. watch them animated. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Chris, I'm gonna move on to a show I've been watching called Black Summer. Are you sure this is the right street? This is where he said. I just, I think it's that way. Fuck. Unless you think we missed it. I don't know. You're the one that wrote it down. Would you please just calm down for a Damn second? Damn it, this happens every time. I'm just trying to figure this out right now. Okay, I, I think we head east on Madison. Oh, I haven't even heard of this, Dan. Okay, Black Summit Netflix series. It is, and look, I was very confused to exactly what this program was. Uh, first of all, it's made by The Asylum. This is the same company that's responsible for those terrible sci-fi movies, like the Sharknado films. Oh, yeah, right. All that trashy, just nonsense that you find on the sci-fi channel. This is them. Right. They made a series that ran for a few seasons called Z Nation, or Z Nation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, right. In Australia, yes. Which I've never seen, but apparently it's a comedy-ish series set in a post-zombie like universe. Yes. Yeah. I've never bothered watching it. I watched a little bit of that somehow. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch all of it. People seem to like it, but I've never heard anyone really like evangelize. Yeah, sure. Black Summer, and this is where I get confused. In some quarters, it is a prequel series where while Zed Nation is a very sort of comedy, lighthearted approach to a zombie apocalypse, this is supposed to be the sort of entry point just as the zombies are really hitting. It's scary, it's frightening, and then I guess it becomes a funny world, you know, after a couple of years. Yeah. Okay, it's either that or it's an entirely unrelated project from the same people that made Zed Nation. Right. Yeah, so it's very conflicted as to exactly what it is. Right. So, you know, answer that with whatever knowledge you have. I like that there's a bit of mystery around that. But Black Summer, you're looking at eight episodes, all of them vary in length from about 20 to 45 minutes. Okay, so you don't know exactly what you're in for. Each episode more or less just picks up from the one that came before it. And all you see from the first, and I've only seen the first four, I'll finish it off, but I don't need to. (laughs) Basically, it's people see a zombie, they run away from zombies, something horrible happens, they see more zombies, they run away, something horrible happens. Oh, yeah. Some people get killed, some people would like manage to keep on going. Right. It's basically The Walking Dead with no plot or storyline whatsoever, <laughs> right. other than we're going to keep on running away from zombies. I'm, I'm not a massive Walking Dead fan, but I don't... It's, is, does, it, does Walking Dead really rely that heavily on plot? Uh, more so than Black Summer. Wow, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll say this for Black Summer. Really kinetic uh, shooting style. It's a joy to watch in terms of its visual representation of just horror and gruesome humanity. But also, like, there's nothing going on in this series. <laughs> like, it is such a waste of time. But also, I'm going to watch the final four yeah. episodes. Look, yeah, you're sort of selling it to me, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like Look, I could... things I liked about it. Episodes are short, generally. Yeah. Okay. Episodes. Tick. Yeah, tick. Because quite frankly, I could use some of that in my life. <laughs> Not everything needs to be that long. Uh, you got a lot of stuff to do. Two, I like that I had a show which I could just throw on and pay like a limited amount of attention to, but still completely understand what was taking place. Is this a lean back show? Is this what you're Absolutely saying? Absolutely lean back. Yes. And three, you know, it was there. It was a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> this is what I liked about it. Yeah, excellent. But anyway, Black Summer, give it a look. And just as a bit of a selling point, one of the co-creators, John Hyams, didn't really know anything about him until seconds ago, I clicked onto his Wikipedia, wondering who this John Hyams is. (laughs) Uh, He's the son of director Peter Hyams, who's made a bunch of movies you've probably seen in your life. 
Okay, James but also, apparently he directed two installments in the Universal Soldier movie franchise. Wow. I only ever saw the first Universal Soldier, but I know they made a whole bunch of direct video stuff, and I've always thought maybe I should watch that at one point in my life. Isn't one of them like... I'm pretty sure one of them is like a really serious twisted art film. Am I getting confused? No, I'm pretty sure it's one of those Universal Soldier films that's like very well regarded by like horror people and stuff. Look, I mean, I've not heard this, but sure. Apparently there's six entries in a series. I'm trying to Google quickly. Yeah. Apparently the six entries are considered non-canon to the overall Universal Soldier. What's universe. like the fourth one called? I don't know. Anyway, Chris, <laughs> let us move on. Black Summer streaming on Netflix now. But Chris, what have you been watching? All right. So um, this is a movie that I watched on an old hard drive that I had lying around the house uh, when I ran out of things to watch on. Sorry, Chris, is this going to be safe for the podcast? Netflix. It's interesting you should ask. In some ways, definitely not. So this is a little known movie. And I, there's a bit of a... I can't even really tell you how I got to it other than that I've been revisiting a lot of 80s American stuff, even a bit of 70s American stuff. I've been looking at it the um, work of, uh, you know, such obscure um, actors as Chevy Chase, um, <laughs> Steve Martin. This Dan's sniggering because uh, he thinks that's all I watch anyway. And no, all no, I, I know watched. that's all you yeah, watch. Yeah. So I wanted to revisit this one film in particular. This is called, the film was called Nothing But Trouble. This may be Valkenvania, but it is still America. And wouldn't mind, would you just write a ticket here or we could settle it some other way perhaps? That's not the way things work around here. What is this place? Revolving District Court for the Village and Shire of Alkenvania is now in order. The Honorable Reeve Alvin Balkanizer presides. Dan Aykroyd. Put out that dog rocket! Nothing but trouble. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know, you and I ought to spend a little more time together. I like that. So, this is a movie that came out in the height of the cocaine fueled, or actually a little bit past the peak of most of these, most of the performers, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll sum it up in like about five words for you. Written, directed, and starring Dan Aykroyd. Okay, yeah, I know this film. So it's, it's this one why people in like monster suits and stuff. So it's basically it's very similar to our Stephen Elliott's um, Welcome What's to Warp Warp, where a Chevy Chase and Debbie Moore and a couple of randos rock up to uh, they're on their way to Atlantic City to fight a development court case or something. Who cares? Are they in a convertible? They're in a car. I don't know. And um, I think <laughs> you it's watched got, it recently. I think I it's saw got this a, a kid. Um, and yes, they get pulled over by John Candy, who's mm-hmm. the uh, the sheriff of a small town um, that just happens to have um, been sort of like just just fallen off the map let's say um it was a, it was a mining town i think in the uh in some days and bankers came and shut it down according to dan Aykroyd. anyway this movie is just it's so goddamn bizarre it's just you have to see it to kind of really appreciate it i, I did a lot of reading about it um after i watched it because i was like you know you never sort of hear anything about it so i was trying to find people's opinion and there was a few articles that had it listed as like you know the most unwatchable films of all time but all the like little threads and commentary and actual real people that were talking about it were just like this movie is so goddamn exciting and watchable and brilliant and weird and so it's it's extremely cartoony dan Aykroyd wears just ridiculous old man makeup John Candy plays himself and his female twin sister. Um, like, there's these sort of like you know weird pinhead dudes that live in the um, uh, in the in the wrecking dump yard kind of place. There's lots of fire. There's like lots of elaborate deaths. 
people get, you know, um, Dan Aykroyd's like the judge of this town. The, he's the judge. So when John Candy picks up speeding motorists, he brings them to Dan Aykroyd, who then sentences them to various forms of comical death that usually involves like roller coasters and um, knives and um, literally things out of cartoons, like those kind of conveyor belts with knives that are coming down on them and stuff. It's just how it ever got made is just amazing. Really, one of the one of the reasons that it is notable is that there's a the um, the hip hop group from the '80s called Digital Underground. Um, as the whole band, including dancers and entourage and everything, accidentally rock up in town, they uh, manage to win Dan Aykroyd's favor because they're a band and he's also a musician. So Dan Aykroyd gets to play some piano and do a bit of his blues stuff um, in a very ridiculous scene. And it's also the theatrical debut of Tupac Shakur, who was. Um, and it's actually the first time he was ever on a record, I think. Someone will correct me on that if that's wrong. Um, with Digital Underground, who performed their song, same song, in the uh, courtroom for the judge as part of their defense. It's just it's just unbelievably wild. Chevy's amazingly disinterested in the whole thing, kind of spits out his lines like he really doesn't care. So that's a classic Chevy Chase it's performance. It's so good. And um, Demi Moore's excellent. And yeah. There's nothing not to like about it. If you haven't watched it since you're a kid, definitely watch it again. I'm not sure I've heard anything this afternoon <laughs> that makes me think this is worth revisiting. Look, looking at the cast, I totally get why this was made. It was 1991. You've got Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, and Demi Moore. Like, you know, that's a saleable, you know, cast there. Sure. It comes, being 1991, it comes just a couple of years after Beetlejuice. And it sort of oh, seems like so it's yes, a lot okay, of there's boxes. a little of that, yes, there's a bit of that yeah. sort of weirdness, that sort of gothic kind of weirdness about it. That makes sense to a degree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 91's the same year as like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, sure. Like, it just kind of feels like at the time was right for this movie to be commissioned and then fail badly. Yeah, is it, is it possible for you to see if Dan Aykroyd ever wrote, produced and directed another film again in that short amount of time or... Look, I'm sure he's probably listed as a producer for a few things here and there. I'm sure the Blues Brothers 2000 is probably... He wouldn't have directed anything else, but surely. Oh, look, I mean, I'd assume not, but... It's just... um, It's just... It's one of those oddities that you sit down and you go like, oh my God, this is just horrific. And then... But it's compelling, honestly. (laughs) You'll get to the end. I I promise you, you will. Although it's very... Yes, and I'm not sure where you can find it. I did have a look around for an easy... um, legal means to watch it until I remembered that I had a very old copy of it lying around um, from back in the day that uh, provided me with that. So it might be hard to find. Look, I'll say this. This is a film that comes to mind every so often, more just like brief visuals as to what was going on than yeah. the actual film. Well, I think that's what, yeah, and I think that's what inspired me to watch it again too. And I knew about the digital underground and the two-pack bit, and I was just sort of curious to see if that was in the film the way I remembered it. And oh my God, yes, it was. So fantastic stuff. Yeah, um, I give it five out of five stars. <laughs> um, this is the point where I remind everyone that just because you've heard us <laughs> raving about something and always be watching is not necessarily an endorsement from the program. No, absolutely not. Um, Dan, what have you been watching? Okay, let's wind things out. And this is a show called Ultraman. <laughs> Oh, I have watched the first episode of Ultraman. Really? Okay. I thought it was great. So, I only know Ultraman from being a kid growing up in... And this is my secret origin story. (laughs) Kid growing up in Adelaide. Oh, my God. In Adelaide, there is no TV production. 
Like, after I lived in Adelaide, I moved to Brisbane, where you had some shows being produced. I agree. There's Movie World there. There's Hollywood on the Gold Coast. Like, some <laughs> stuff comes out of there. In Adelaide, nothing gets wow. made in Adelaide. Still? Except, when I was a kid, a Japanese live-action version of Ultraman was filmed in Adelaide, of all places. That's amazing. Did you know about that at the time? I knew about that as a kid. Wow. This is my one TV production memory from wow. coming out of Adelaide. And also that they used to film the kids' game show, Guess What? That was with Andrew Fife, and he'd draw something on oh, the board, and kids yes. have guess, and yeah, which I auditioned for, did not get on the show. <laughs> not dirty about that at all. <laughs> anyway, so Ultraman has been a part of my memory purely wow. for that, a show that I never, ever saw, but yeah. was always fascinated to know that it got made there. Did they have um, cityscapes of Adelaide in Ultraman? I have no idea. I mean, I, I presume maybe. Who knows? Fair enough. I'm sure it doubles for Tokyo very nicely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, Ultraman, outside of knowing about this TV show from, like, the late 80s being made in Adelaide, I know nothing about Ultraman. Sat down to watch the animated show, and this is... It feels very much like a classic anime show. Totally. Okay, in that it's a slightly confusing backstory. You've got a young kid sort of taking over the not quite... It's hard because I went into it expecting the heroes to be Ultraman, that somebody would be wearing a costume and you would be Ultraman. But apparently Ultraman is an alien entity of whom came to Earth and then a human bonded with him, but then was separated from him. But Ultraman's not really our friend. He's our enemy. And so he attacked the guy who has some Ultraman powers. It's a bit confusing. I'm not going to pretend I understood it. No. No. However, it was still very pleasurable to watch. I yes. saw about three episodes of it, and I'm there for the rest. Really? Of it. Yeah. I, yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, I sort of just chucked it on late at night because the little scrolling ad came up, and I thought, oh, yeah, that looks okay. It's it's a perfect late at night kind of a show. Yeah, I found yeah. it really interesting, and it definitely has that classic. Uh, it, it it looks modern though, right? Like the animation style is kind it's of incredibly modern. modern. Yeah. So I don't see a lot of modern anime, but the couple of things I see are very much in a similar style mm. where they've clearly like designed the animated characters and a computer animated the whole thing so you get like this sort of very traditional looking anime with some very fluid computer animation behind it yeah and like it looks it it's, has it has that sort of the beauty of the flat drawn animation but yeah. it's done in a very interesting way but even though it's flat it's still slightly rounded in yeah, this yeah. Sort of shape and texture to every it's a beautiful looking animation yeah, I agree completely. And I think there's a lot of stuff like this. So, I don't want to talk up this too much because I feel like there's a lot of sure. other better animation out there. But from the limited amount of anime I watched, like this kind of, you know, sort of knocked my socks off. I was really impressed that it wasn't that sort of just like, oh, yes, here's the, um, you know, here's how the Ultraman came about, and mm. we, which it is. But but the story was so different to that, that so different to what I was expecting that, yeah, that definitely piqued my interest a little now, bit more. My understanding is Netflix have invested a fair amount of money to try to capture the hardcore anime fans. And so part of that, I believe, is when they look at something like Ultraman as a property, it's not about rebooting Ultraman as much as it is about respecting the history of Mm. Ultraman as a character. And so this show takes on board all the Ultraman series prior and brings it on board as like the foundation to what they're doing here, which is a handing of the mantle to like the new Ultraman human character who's not quite Ultraman, but... Whatever. So it's the son of the person that had been like the titular character previously. But that character still plays a role within the show as well. 
Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. I think um, so. Is it a long series? Do you know how many uh, episodes there are? I'm not too sure. I want to say it's just like a thirteen. Because it seemed to be. I asked not just for trivia reasons, but because it seemed very. It was. It was a nice slow setup. You know, like mm. the, it kind of. You did get that origin, but it didn't feel like anything was moving particularly fast, and that there was gonna. They were gonna yeah. take some time telling it, which is also nice. And all the episodes seem to be not one and dones, but rather it's like an ongoing yeah, narrative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that may change after a few episodes, but you know, it's yeah. I'm into it. Worth a look. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't expect to love it. I don't think it's going to be anyone's favorite anime, but it's a very casual, fun watch. In the same way, I kind of enjoyed Black Summer, but I'm not necessarily here advocating that people rush to watch it. <laughs> some, some interesting recommendations from you. Well, it's not recommendations. <laughs> discussion yeah. about the things. Yeah. Excellent. It's, just, it's what I've been watching, Chris. Not every week's a winner. No, that's right. And um, we're, you're lucky if you get things that are an interesting um, lean back at this point. Yeah. Also, I will say that I have been overseas for the last few weeks. I watched a lot of Japanese television. I understood none of it. <laughs> the couple of things I did understand were all dubbed and I couldn't understand it afterwards. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I watched some James Bond, like wow, a Sean cool. Connery Bond. You know, he was in a volcano lair. I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> That's good fun doing that, isn't it? Yeah, Watching the things that, that was all right. Watching I've, crazy game shows. Um, I've caught up on a heap of stuff that you've recommended me to watch, including... Well, Counterpart, I watched right through. Uh, see, um, I still haven't watched season two probably oh, yet. It's so good. Um, and there was another thing I was going to mention that I watched, but on your recommendation. But anyway, I do... It was my way of saying, I do listen to what you're saying, and I do take it on board. And, yes, um, and I too will watch the Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Look, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> do what you do what you feels right there. I did watch uh, the craft uh, work political party. Oh, the craft craft punk craft <laughs> punk's political party. That's yeah, it. right. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, look, it was it was pretty wild. It was something, right? Yeah, yeah. There's something going on there. Yeah, I, I feel I was way too sober to be watching it. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was eleven in the morning. Yeah, that's probably not the best time. But um, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm very glad to see you gave it a shot. But that no, was funny. Yeah. Very funny, guys, huh? Mm. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end. Great. Chris Yates, this has been a very quick, down and dirty podcast. Sometimes you've got to do it quick. Yeah. Um, and we're only, what, two minutes past our allotted studio time. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming in and meeting me here, dear. Oh, look, it's been a pleasure as always. If people like this podcast, you can find previous podcasts out in the world. Check it out at alwaysbewatching.com or find it in your podcast feeds, like whatever app you use. It might be your Apple Podcasts or your Spotify you know, we're there. We're, we're across all of them. Yeah, we're across all of them. Uh, we got last week, we talked about the new Avengers movie. Yes. So it's not just TV stuff here. There's all sorts of gear. Yes. I, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Chris Yates, it has been a pleasure. Special thanks to Vape Dads who provide our theme song and also to 2SER who provide our studio space. We'll be back next week with more Always Be Watching and wait for it, we will probably cover what we've been watching.